Friday Night Smackdown podcast in the shadows, but doing the damn thing. Everybody that is kind of somebody seems to want to know who it is behind the scenes in the shadows of Gorilla in the WWE universe for coming up with some of this bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the show open. Where was SmackDown at last night? Buffalo, New York. So it was an alright show. I thought it. I thought it flowed by really well. The gauntlet match was a great way to, you know, boost the SmackDown side of the Elimination Chamber match. A couple of new matches were put in place for either the kickoff or somewhere randomly placed in the show. Not bad. Um, show opened up with a moment of bliss. Highlighting or bringing out with I would have guessed the NWO would have guessed So it was great to see uh, X-Pac and Scott Hall And you know Big Diesel Like I'm a little young for, for Kevin Nash <laughs> You know like he's One of the true gods of this But it was definitely good to see these guys I don't try to uh, attach knee jokes To Kevin Nash because everyone else does But you know Take nothing away from this guy Like the small moments I did see You know with him in WCW just that, that like the the scary big guy you know he's one of the first ones at least in my generation you know next to the big show and stuff like that so you know good to see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall you know I've had respect for Razor Ramon since the breaking ground days of course before that you know being in like small video games I would play here and there but you know never forget about that and he just his uh in-ring and out-of-ring IQ psychology I think is uh bar none and everyone knows that at the performance center i noticed it and then everyone else called it and i'm like whoa so this guy really 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 much like you know know his stuff so it was great to see him out there you know just being you know sky hall and come on man xbox is xbox now we're not even about to get into all of the gritties with this only because uh the interest of time now they went out there, they all had a good little segment, all bounced off of each other fairly well, stuck to the script as best as they could, and, you know, had a little bit of their own flair to things, you could tell, but it was good all in all. Xbox seemed to be you know, somewhat at a mouthpiece, mostly, but it was still cool. Uh, Zane Nakamura and Cesaro come out, pick a fight with the NWO. Uh, you know, you get to see the OGs about the fight. Like, we're not scared. Suspension of disbelief. I thought that was uh, just amazing. I ain't got it, but, you know. Anyway, um, it was very, very cool to, uh, you know, see these. <laughs> it was comical, you know. It was comical to see them want to, you know, get up. And they still with the, with the fight and Hall of Famers and such like that. So, it was good. Uh, Cesaro Nakamura and uh, Sami Zayn. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what the what the Intercontinental Championship picture is looking like with all three of them vying for it, but being on the same team. Uh, Sami Zayn is looking looking pretty all right, but at the same time, you know, he's a heel character. He's not necessarily supposed to be liked. I mean, Tom will continue to tell how the you know skills as a trio, you know, will develop. I don't really want to say. Oh, they're going to be great together for a long time coming. Like, no, I don't know. I don't think that. Like, right now, just the way it looks, 
these guys can get broken up any week, you know, especially with this whole Intercontinental Championship thing. If I had a prediction on it, I would say, and I'm not even trying to, I don't want to predict. I don't even want to help script this part because it needs to just go the way it goes. But uh, I would say maybe, uh, maybe a pay-per-view or two after Mania, these guys, find, one of those three finally get the belt off of them. I don't know. It could happen at Elimination Chamber this, this Sunday streaming live on the WWE Network. And then it starts the dissension amongst the crew or who's going to be the champion, who is the champion. The WWE Universe has asked enough questions uh, regarding this, so I'm pretty sure they're already uh, concocting a fun little story about Braun Strowman fighting three superstars on the same page we're getting the championship from him it's gonna be cool i hope braun looks like a, a just i hope braun just wipes the floor with all of these guys i think he looks great right now everyone still is really high on Strowman, but we haven't seen Strowman like well i mean good to see nakamura's okay but we haven't really seen you know braun uh, dominate so it's gonna be good it takes three people to do it i think that's fine whatever uh good segment Good way to open up SmackDown. And um, next up, we had Lacey Evans and Naomi taking on Bailey and Sasha. Hi, Sasha. What's up, Bailey? Uh, good stuff. Good tag team match. They all, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, they had their matchup. It worked out well. Did Bailey and Sasha pick up that victory? I cannot recall. Only because all four women actually looked really, really good in there. Uh, so I'm I'm not even gonna care about calling it. The tag the the women went in there and they represented themselves well. That's really all that matters. You know, moving into the next part of their rivalry is gonna be, you know, interesting enough. You know, but uh it was actual moments of the show that I didn't necessarily get to see the way I wanted to. Uh Sheamus uh went up against Apollo Cruz next. Apollo, I guess, uh, challenged Sheamus to a match after all of this bullying that he's going through. And he shut down Chad Gable a couple of weeks ago, last week, however it went. And this week, Chad is oh, hey, with a backstage gorilla. Hey, uh, you know, I don't want to get in the middle of, you know, your aggressive streak you're on. We see you. But just saying, if you need any aid, we're right here for you. Apollo ain't hearing that shit. He goes out there and gets his ass kicked part of my PG. Hey, it seems like an interesting storyline is beginning to develop now. They're making even the smallest segments mean something. And that's the way I like it, personally. There are people that want stakes with their matches. I would like storylines and true character development to take place with all of the superstars. I was just thinking about this yesterday with the way, uh, you know, stay off the dirt sheets, random podcast in the shadows, hot take. I'm, you know, we see the dirt sheets, we see Vince souring, according to the reports, on uh, certain WWE superstars. I know personally, I was pulling for Ricochet, but I wanted his promo skills to step up. It is very important. Shoot, bang, bang. This week on WWE's The Bump, we had Sasha on, seeing fun and natural. After a while, the the organic started to, you know, like you don't really know too much. Bailey did great. Bailey's actually playing into this heel character a little better, so that's cool. But Dakota Kai gets up there. She opens up the, sh the NXT show uh, with Tegan Knox that evening. And it was, it, the match went well. It was actually great. We all here, it was 
it was highly touted as you know an interesting way to end a cage match just all of the elements to it but the promo going into it on wwe's the bump you ain't really getting one excited so we need to get a little more of that aggression going you gave us something with what happened at nxt war games Oh, Vince is, he's, he's souring on Shayna Baszler. He doesn't like her. He's burying her. I mean, we did see this with Cedric Alexander, but at the same time, Cedric wasn't really uh, connecting with the crowd in the way that uh, they would see him connecting with the crowd. So I can understand that personally. Like I like said, but at the same time, we need a little more. But before this continues to happen, what we can say is... The crowd is being conditioned with certain debuts to think that this character, this new character, let's use Shayna Baszler, for example, uh, biting Becky on the back of the neck. That's crazy. That's huge. And ultimately, which is most important, got the people talking. It had the people seeing what it was about, you know, like like wondering, what's the what's this about? Like, why did she do it? Oh, she just did it just to do it, she says in a promo. And it's like, okay, well, fine. But now, what are you going to do next? What's the big thing after that? And I mean, we all could use this advice to continue, you know, evolving and reinventing oneself. But let's not just throw out the idea of the superstar just because the crowd is still not necessarily all the way sold on them like you came in with such a splash it's like okay what's next for Baszler now going up against an arrogant Becky Lynch this time around like her confidence wasn't there by storyline against Asuka then it got there, and then uh, she, what was it? She, then she won, and now she's untouchable, uh, acting untouchable, whatever. I mean, if she's going to go in there with Shayna Baszler, uh, well, and I, I mean, like, we don't know. We don't know, because it's still five other women that Shayna has to go through. But the crowd is being conditioned in a way to expect more. I can go into others that, uh, like, we could just use Becky for simples. You know, it took a while, but the crowd, it, it took a long time for the crowd to really want to get behind Becky. And then she was able to make the man character. Everybody in the WWE Universe knows when Becky took that hit to, from Nia Jax, that was really what got her over with the crowd. That was like the super organic crowd connection thing. It was so random. Everyone was so excited about Survivor Series, whatever. <laughs> there are things that need to continue to happen with superstars that will... Uh, get their characters over with the WWE Universe. And right now, with the way it's happening on SmackDown between Sheamus Apollo and Chad Gable, it's small, but the crowd is investing in it. So, like, just, it's one of those ongoing stories where we have a reason whether or not to cheer or boo. How do you make the cheers get louder? Well, you're going to need some more crazy stuff along the lines of what it was looking like you know initially now we know we, we see the story with gable and apollo you know and right now they're actually getting a good rub from sheamus just being in there with them and sheamus is you know looking strong so 
what can we do to get all three of these guys over? I leave it to creative, for real, for real. But what I would, well, actually, because we've got things already taking place, this is why I said we'll leave it to creative. I wouldn't do anything but sit back and watch how the characters develop. We, we've got a little bit of attitude from Apollo, you know? We've got the badassery from Seamus, along with the gym bod. And then we have, uh, what do we have with, with Chad Gable? Uh, we have a character that's actually willing to help. So that's good stuff. Now let's see what else can come from all of these fights. Maybe they both team up and are able to take out Shamus. Maybe get the best of them once. You know, maybe even twice. Pick up a storyline there. But then, like, you know, then Shamus has a, oh, but y'all can't beat me one on one type thing. I don't know. This is just random storyline idea that comes to mind when, you know, you have these small character development moments. Next up, we have Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Team Fire and Desire, defeat Carmella and Dana Brooke. Um, random me, uh, picks up the victory for Mandy. What was the, the, the moment of that match, obviously, was Sonya inviting Dolph Ziggler out. Ziggy's looking great right now. I don't know if Mandy's into it. We don't know if she's not. But this is another one of those things where they're just using small bits of character development to have the story continue. You know, in my opinion, and just... Take it how it is, old man. These small things are what keeps the audience engaged as far as the soap opera demographics go. I could tell. I've seen enough in my day to be able to spot small moments of the character development that makes the character more repeat. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's the R word I'm trying to think Ah oh, man Relatable And appealing To The fans And the targeted demographic At home I think that actually is uh, You know It's it's something that counts up. Anyway Alright so Pardon that uh, Mello is in there She looked good Dana Brooke is in there She looked good uh, Enhancement talent And uh, Had Dana pick up I mean uh, Take the pin Okay Mella still, you know, looks at things. She's still getting the crowd cheers. They love her. You know, they love her. Now, all of that goes into that same storyline building thing. The small bits of character development each week. So, we'll wait for a storyline. When it comes to these superstars, they also do have to make the match uh, look interesting. I've seen a couple of spots from Dana and Sonya. Eh, it needs improvement. I don't know how fast it can happen. I don't know if practices happen before uh, the show begins or during the show well not during the show clearly but you know uh i would just because i care about you know dana brooke and sonya deville you know like i had a slight bias just because of the whole tough enough thing like we've seen that they were capable of doing it so it's like okay just because we've seen that you were capable of doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you're perfect at it and i can respect that for myself like again this is advice that everyone can you know uh take from like i'm not just this isn't criticism at all in my opinion whether it's it could be taken as constructive or not like no that's not what we're doing all i'm doing is sharing my take from that somewhat hardcore somewhat casual uh space and we've seen lacy improve leaps and bounds you know what i mean i think uh the same thing can be said for uh, Mella and Dana as far as practice making perfect. 
they did good take nothing away from it you know like we don't we ain't even worried about the winner and loser aspect of that because they did all four women went in there they did their thing but just as far as like the overall crowd they're gonna continue to see these superstars as you hear that becky superstars as uh, you know regular enhancement talent and that's not what we want for them we do we want every single female superstar whether we think they're gonna lose or whatever to be you know just received as a credible uh opponent or formidable opponent to whoever whatever star powers in the ring in the moment that they're going against so that was good stuff bray challenged cena from the firefly funhouse uh new episode rambling rabbit had some uh fun psychological stuff that he was you know sharing and it you know continued the little gray storyline with john cena from years ago when i wasn't even watching i saw some old stuff but we all know the story bray went against john cena when it was uh it looked like it was bray's moment and he you know lost to super cena big match john picked up the victory the crowd it was like okay well you know what whatever that's then bray's not it and there that goes is he gonna win at mania we don't know it, it, is it the match i'm interested in seeing the match now you know like uh the character is still what it is i don't think that they're just gonna i don't think they're tossing that idea out personally oh bray is being buried what again he's going against Cena. he did was point i mean you're gonna have criticisms but this this match this story with Bray and John Cena clearly tells itself. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how this match plays out. Uh, come WrestleMania. So it was a small build, easy build. Is Cena going to come back anytime soon to, uh, uh, you know, address Bray? Or is for, what, the next uh, 29 days at the, at the count of this, at the time of this recording, uh, is Bray just gonna continue to troll Cena and give us a bunch of fun Firefly Funhouse stuff. I don't know. We will see. But all in all, let's go a little segment. Bray looked good, you know, this thing, of course. And uh yeah, next up now we go oh, pause before we get to the gauntlet match. Let's run over to 205 Live. Alright, so 205 is it's improving. And I say that from the the space of recognizing the crowd. You know, like Maybe the seats are being moved over to people who have left on the hard camp side. I don't know, but the crowd looks much more filled in. This implies that people are staying to up to the next states that WWE is going to be are going to well, is going to be visiting. So it's uh it's good, and you see and hear what the crowd is into. Whether it be somewhat star power, whether it be the heel face dynamic is going to you know overpower things. But the story in in the match being told like. There's certain things that each crowd is big, well, up and down on. And 205 Live closing out the show now instead of opening it, uh, I think they have a real shot. And it's working with uh, just creating more of a want for that action. <laughs> you know, like, the, the brand used to be the most heavy-hitting brand. Now NXT is doing that. But 205 is underneath the NXT part of the umbrella. So, uh, you know, it went well. We had Arya Davari taking on Swerve in the opening match. Worked out well for both. Davari looked great. A little bit more the heel side. 
was being embraced from the crowd when it came to Davari. So let's just keep that going. That worked well. Uh, Swerve picked up the victory. That was cool. Uh, promo from Swerve. A little promo work could use a little bit of the... Like, uh, Swerve is cool. So get in the cool character. Do not be human. Isaiah Swerve Scott. What's his nickname? Killshot? I don't even know what his name is. I don't know this guy, but I, I like this old song. So now, now we're related. <laughs> I fucks with you, Swerve. Cool. You're a cool alien. That's it. That's it. You're a cool alien. There it is. Now, all of that, all the rest of it, everything is cool. Go from there. There's your advice. <laughs> and I don't really pass out advice. I'm just saying. There's, there's my take on it. You know, this is my idea. Swerve needs to be a really cool alien if this is what his character is. No, no, no. Don't do alien. I'm using that as, you know, an, uh, uh, an, an example. <laughs> you know, like, stay in character. Stay in character. That's what matters. So, Swerve did great. I think that's that's just the next level to uh, what the crowd is going to want. Oh, they missed the boat on Swerve Scott. Oh, he's not... He's good, but they're not letting him be great. I'm not a huge fan of the house call and shaking my head at the damn coup de gras being the finishing maneuver that beat Davari. Talk about trolling. <laughs> but no, all in all, Swerve is good. Davari is good too. 205 is, you know, they're coming up, they got some new characters, and I'm glad to just see certain superstars that would have been. Uh, Dip, you know, they it would they would have been booked differently. You know, like we're getting to see a little bit more, bigger than just Leo and Swerve. You know, guys are actually getting the opportunities. We haven't seen the Bollywood Boys in a couple of weeks. <laughs> there we go. I probably shouldn't even have said anything, but um, it was it was good stuff from uh, Swerve and Davari. And the end of match, I believe Leo Rush took an injury, so there was now we only got a uh, four to five. What was that end of match? What did we get? We got Oni Lurkin and Danny Birch taking on Tony Nese and Mike Kanellis. Oni and Danny, these guys are staples of 205 Live at this point. Staples of the NXT brand. Blah, blah, contracts renegotiated and all the rest of that stuff. Whatever, whatever. These guys, they're solidified. They're fighters. They're brawlers. Go watch WWE's The Bump. These guys, I don't really pay attention to it often. But I will say... And they even called out the fact that one should go and read only lurking tweets. And that's what the internet is saying about him. So he's solidified. I don't know what it's going to take to get the crowd into him a little more so. But he is officially a staple. I'm calling it. He's around. He's been around. Put the respect on him and Danny Burge both. They, they, the, the character that they're trying to portray with them just being gritty fighters. No matter where they're from. Just matters what they bring to the table. That works. It's actually pretty amusing uh, when they, you know, get their big moments. And if Devon is gonna co-sign it, the whole get the table thing, it really might be able to work. But we're gonna need to see it a little more often. We don't, we don't need a table spot every week. But when these guys are out there, I want to say every other time, maybe every other other time, we see them just so the crowd can have something to get excited about toward the end of the night again. 205 Live looking like it's going 30 minutes. I'm not too sure. But anyway, that was only looking Danny, Danny Birch. Now, on to Tony Nese and Mike Canellas. Oh, no. You want a cautionary tale. Put some bass in your voice or the crowd is never going to like you. Just look at Ricochet, right? The crowd loves Ricochet. I'm just saying. Uh, we got uh, Tony Nese 
finally having someone that he actually seems like he works well with. You know, Mike Kanellis, I'm not huge on him. If I am going to throw out any criticism, and I'm barely one to talk, uh, I don't like this stupid mohawk thing. If you're not going to go all out like it, with it like Sheamus did, then cool. But Canelo's got too much of the look to just ruin it with that silly-looking mohawk. And that's just me. And I don't really... I, I, if he wants to keep it, keep it. You know what I mean? Maybe it'll grow on me the same way as Kofi's golden dreads, you know what I'm saying, uh, grew on me. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. Uh, but there was a part... There was a bit of character that was showing through. And, you know, I don't like to call out you know too much chemistry because i could be completely wrong on that sometimes but uh it was definitely good to see you know somebody playing off of tony niece's entrance the way he does things you know and who better than somebody that's completely jacked like mike canellas you know so i mean this is this is the energy that i've gotten from him just off last night's episode of 205 live it could have been uh yeah, you know, like it, it, when he first came back, it was like, all right, we still got that sour taste, bro. Like you was made to look real bad, and now you're back. So are you gonna, are you, are you, are you it, it, we're gonna see now because a different brand. How are you gonna get booked? And it works. I think he looked really, really well last night. Um, him in there with with Tony Nese. It, it went well. I thought it was cool. So that was 205 Live for 30 minutes. Not mad. I think it's actually good. People can be, you know, get back to their parking spots faster, get out of the building. You know, a lot of the politics, you know, gets covered. And now on to this uh, tag team gauntlet match, which was the main event of SmackDown. Well, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Um, It actually was, it was a fun match. This, the story of the match was uh, Tucker pretty much saving Otis a lot. I'm not going to go into all of the crazy details, but it definitely was a fun uh, matchup just to see and be surprised at Tucker picking up so many pinfall victories by surprise. And uh, I mean, I don't really care about the order or how it all happened. Tucker looked great. The crowd definitely loved to see Otis. I think he represents all of the beer bellies in the crowd. And that's no disrespect to anybody with like a gut or anything. I'm just saying Otis makes these people feel like you know like he's inspiring a lot of fat boys and i'm not saying that to be disrespectful again but he's inspiring a lot of guys with bellies to do a lot of the bs that he's doing out there just the just the shenanigans and the fun shaking like the hulking up like it's great it's a great element to add to it he has the look he's round he's small it's it's these he has the funny character that he always seems like he's in we know he's a normal guy but like he seems like he's in a good character constantly and um yeah that works tucker paced himself really well throughout that match and um, the best part of the match to me was Dolph Ziggler picking up the victory because it was totally unforeseen. Had everybody thinking that Heavy Machinery was going to win. We're going to, like, it excites you for the match on Sunday, definitely with all of these guys. Dolph Ziggler and uh, Robert Roode are going in uh, last. So that kind of makes you know once to anticipate them a little bit you know it builds them as a tag team unit it was just really good stuff all in all this show thank goodness because the past couple of weeks have just been very very difficult to want to say anything positive about sorry and i mean i try my best to be as optimistic as possible about this product in hopes that I don't necessarily sound like 
of the rest of the WWE universe, which is whether the minority or majority rather vocal. And I don't want to sound uh, negative about something that I claim entertains me. So with that, be responsible with your power, folks. Shout out to everybody bringing the podcast each and every week. That'll be myself and uh, I guess others. But yeah, thanks for listening. I will catch you guys next time. Peace.